New York Giants general manager Joe Shane breaks the silence about the team's disappointing 2023 season. I've got some takeaways plus some thoughts about where the Giants go from here. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, P Train, and uh, thank you to everybody who's tuning in, my everydayers my first timers, my Blue Crew subtext community members, and everybody in between. Love you guys. Appreciate you. You can follow me on X, the site formerly known as Twitter, at Patricia underscore Trina. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, Joe Shane, the general manager of the New York Giants, spoke to the media and uh, he talked for roughly a half an hour. A lot of good stuff, I thought, you know, covered a wide range of topics. So I have the key takeaways from that presser, but I'm not just going to reiterate what he said. I'm going to kind of give you my take on things, you know, what makes sense, my overall impressions, you know, that sort of thing. So we've got a lot to cover on the podcast. Again, thank you for tuning us, tuning in for the Lockdown Giants podcast. Let's get right into it. The key take, one one of the biggest key takeaways, I think, of Joe Shane's uh, presser was about the quarterback situation. Now, Joe Shane, right off the bat in his opening statement, said that, you know, Daniel Jones had the successful ACL surgery and he declined to say whether, you know, the doctors, when they got into the knee, found anything further in the knee um, as far as, you know, other damage and whatnot. But Shane basically said that once Daniel Jones is healthy, he is going to be the starting quarterback of the team. Now, A lot of people, I know when I tweeted that out, the first thing was, why? There was a lot of people who were like, why is he saying that now? How can he know for sure? You know, what what does this mean for the draft? What does this mean for free agency? What does this mean, period, for the quarterback position of of this franchise? All right, let's try and make some sense out of it. Daniel Jones, as I record this, is about a week out from ACL surgery. His timeline... Uh, for recovery is going to be anywhere between eight and 10 months. All right. And even then he's still going to probably need um, additional time to recover because, you know, you look at other guys who have had ACL surgeries and it could take them almost two years to fully come back and be what they were prior to the injury. So just because Shane is saying right now that the expectation is that Daniel Jones is going to be the starter does not necessarily mean that's how it's going to be. They don't know how the rehab is going to go. They don't know, you know, what setbacks, if any, he might have. All right. It makes sense to say this now because, A, you know, you want to be positive. You also want to give, you know, Jones 
you know, one less thing to worry about right now. Um, as far, you know, as he begins this long journey back with his rehab, there's also financials involved. I've said many times that Daniel Jones will be on this roster regardless of what they do at quarterback because the Giants, to cut to cut him now, the Giants would take a huge cap hit, one that would basically wipe out whatever cap space they have and then some, and they're not going to do that. Jones is going to be on this roster. Now, whether they tweak his, his uh, cap number, that remains to be seen. I personally wouldn't touch it, but, you know, we'll see if they do that or not. Um, I got the impression that Shane's not sure what the future holds and, and rightfully so you don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be ready to go. So Shane left himself with an out. He was asked about, you know, the quarterback positions and basically, you know, okay, if Daniel's the expectation is Daniel's going to be your starter, does that mean you're not going to draft a quarterback? And that's not necessarily going to be the case. You know, Shane talked about, you know, scouting, the scouting work that he's done. And by the way, this was a, an interesting nugget that um, I did not know about. Uh, you know, we've been reading every weekend about how Shane is, is in attendance at this game or that game. And he said that his staff basically identifies, um, you know, like the top 25 to 50 players that he has to see. Um, and they what they do is they try and group them into schools and they coincide with where the Giants happen to be playing that particular weekend. So, for example, if they're out in San Francisco, maybe he swings down to U USC if they're playing a home game. So that's kind of how that works. But getting back to the quarterback situation, um, Shane did not rule out drafting a quarterback. Now, would that come in round one? Would that come later in the draft? That's all going to depend on where the Giants end up drafting and who's on the board. A lot of people I know are besides themselves because they envisioned, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May as the next Giants franchise quarterback. And, you know, to, to get a chance uh, for those guys, you're going to probably need to be drafting in the top three. Right now, I believe the Giants are drafting sixth overall. And, of course, there's five more games left to play before we know what the final draft order is, at, at least at the top of the draft order. So Shane did say, and I've been saying this all along as well, that they are going to have to address the quarterback situation because right now Tommy DeVito is the only healthy quarterback that they have under contract for 2024. All right. So Jones is under contract, but again, they don't know if he's going to be ready to start training camp or the season. They'll have a better idea where they're at during draft time. So, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, during free agency before the start of free agency. So that's going to certainly give us a big clue where Daniel Jones is um, in his rehab. And I also got the impression that they're going to move on from Tyrod Taylor after this year. Tyrod's been a good addition to the team, but he's had rotten luck with injuries. So I think they're going to move on from him after this year. And I said uh, on past shows, my everydayers will probably remember this, that I believe Tommy DeVito is not a QB1 he could potentially be a QB2, depending on what the Giants do. If they draft a rookie, I think by default, DeVito would be a QB2 if Jones is ready. And then if that rookie happens to be a first rounder, you, you'll have competition. You know, Brian Dable's going to have competition regardless. So where a guy's drafted doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be the starter or the backup or whatever. So a lot of stuff still to be determined. Now, Here's an interesting thing sticking with the Daniel Jones storyline for a moment here. 
Shane was asked, why do you believe so much in Daniel Jones? I mean, we, I think we can all agree that Daniel Jones this year regressed. He took some steps backwards. His internal clock got messed up. He looks skittish in the pocket. You know, the offensive line didn't look good in front of him. So Shane was asked, why do you still believe in Daniel Jones? And he went back to last year. He said he won 10 games, a road playoff game. And then this past year's preseason, the one series, by the way, in which the starting offense looked really good against a not so good Carolina Panthers team. Now, I have to confess, there were a lot of times I thought Shane was hanging his hat on things of the past. And And a little later on, I'll talk about Evan Neal. And that was another instance where he talked about the past. People change. People develop or they don't develop, and sometimes they regress. So for me, to hang your hat on the fact that Daniel Jones won 10 games, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any of those games, I'm sorry, nine games in the regular season. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any of those nine games came against a really good team. Um, I'll have to go back and check that, but I don't think those teams, um, you know, really were good, you know, like powerhouse type teams, the road playoff game, the Vikings, um, you know, some said, said that, that, that the uh, Vikings were one of the worst playoff teams in the tournament last year. And uh, you know, that's up for debate, but I'm going to do a deeper dive on that for giants country. I'm going to take a look at Daniel Jones's past last year versus this year in the system and just kind of see where he's regressed. Cause I do think he's regressed and just, you know, to hang your hat on last year. And, you know, Shane even made the comment, you know, when we get to the offensive line, he said, well, you know, we basically won with that offensive line, save for, you know, the fact that we didn't have John Michael Schmitz and that the offensive line was, was you know, serviceable. I just felt like there were a lot of excuses being made. And I'm not sure I buy all of them, to be honest with you, but uh, I've got to do some more research on that, do some more homework. And I'll probably have something up for you on Giants Country about this very same topic, because quite honestly, the reasons why they still believe in Daniel Jones and the whole logic behind it, I wasn't buying it. I think, you know, it's a matter of just saying it right now. They're not going to say we're moving on from Daniel Jones right now. What good would that do? I mean, it would demoralize the the young man's rehab. Um, You know, what good would that do to say that? So That's my takeaway on on Daniel Jones and the quarterback situation. Again, I do believe the Giants are going to address it. They're going to have to. Um, I don't think Matt Barkley is going to be the answer. I don't think Eason, who's also on the practice squad, uh, is going to be the uh, answer. Um, Like I said, I don't think uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to be back. So it's going to be Jones, DeVito, and to be determined – And again, keep an eye on what the Giants do around free agency because that's going to give us a big clue as to where Daniel Jones is in his rehab. And they're optimistic that he'll attack it and be ready to roll sooner than later. All right, coming up next, I'm going to talk about a question that I put to Joe about the roster. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concerts, shows, and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets, 
and their best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you're not only getting the lowest prices, you're also getting clear images of the seat views and event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you for 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that promo code is LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. Hey, Giant fans, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you every day, all day, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train. And still to come on the Locked on Giants podcast, we're going to continue our look at the key takeaways from Joe Shane's press conference that he held on Monday. But just because the Giants are on the bye week doesn't mean that the Locked on Giants podcast is on the bye week. So I have uh, pre-recorded shows for you for the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Wednesday show is going to be our draft show. We're going to take an early look at the draft class with special guest Emery Hunt. Thursday and Friday, I have actually a two-part interview with former NFL uh, assistant coach Pratik Patel. Pratik used to be on the Giants staff. So we're going to talk about the injury situation, what recommendations, what he has seen, how are the Giants structured. You know, right now, I think there's there's some misconceptions about things and Joe Shane was actually asked about injuries and, you know, while I'm on the topic of that, just real quick, he said, if it was one type of injury, they could maybe hone in and see if there was something they could do differently. To me, one type of injury that you could loop loop all together are the soft tissue issues, soft tissue issues, say that 10 times fast. Um, But, you know, we'll talk about that obviously with Pratik. It's a two-part interview. It starts Thursday, goes Friday, then next Monday, coming off the bye, um, I have my annual air- airing of grievances, you know, a Seinfeld type episode, Festivus for the rest of us. So I'm going to outline everything that I think the Giants maybe could have done better this year in getting ready for this season. So that's what's coming up on the Lachlan Giants podcast. Let's get back to Joe Shane and the key takeaways and what he had to say. And I had a question, you know, because this is one of my grievances, spoiler alert. And my question to Joe was about the roster construction and if he had any regrets. And specifically when I asked the question, I was thinking about how it just seemed like certain positions got a little bit more love than some others, specifically the slot receiver position where they had what a dozen or so slot receivers um, and they didn't allocate any resources really to a backup offensive tackle um, they didn't really get an edge rusher. You know, they tried to get Boogie Basham and he of course was inactive this past week. So I asked Shane, I said, do you have any regrets about how you put the roster together? And, you know, from that, there came questions about the kickoff and punt return or why they didn't keep somebody 
who was better suited for the role rather than jamming Eric Gray, a rookie who had never really done it before into that role. Um, and Shane basically, you know, in a nutshell, said that, that he didn't really have regrets, but he kept saying, look, you can't build up a roster in one offseason, which is correct. You can't. But when you start allocating, you know, to one position, and again, I, I go back to the slot receiver, how they just loaded up on slot receivers. You mean to tell me they couldn't take, you know, some of the contracts that they devoted to those slot receivers and devote something to, say, a backup offensive tackle who could have competed for the swing tackle spot? that they couldn't have maybe taken some of that money and, and gotten an extra edge rusher, you know, or an extra tight end or whatever. That's where I kind of have a, um, an issue with what say with, with what Shane is saying. Um, you're never going to address all your issues. I get that, but you do have to be judicious. You know, it, it kind of reminds me um, of when I was younger and I would pull out of my closet, like, you know, five or six different outfits. And I wasn't sure what I was going to wear. And my father could never understand it. He'd be like, you, could, you only have one body. He says, just pick one and roll with it. And the Giants in, in stacking up on um, slot receivers, they were trying to build up the arsenal for Daniel Jones. I get that. But not really, to me, at least, it didn't look like they had a plan. And it was just money and resources that could have gone elsewhere. So although Shane said he had no regrets and he kept pointing out that, hey, we're about 22 months in now. Okay, I get that. But the roster needs to progress forward. And, you know, they've progressed in some areas. They've also gone backwards in some areas. And they've got holes that they're going to have to fill. So I disagree. I don't think that they did as good of a job building up the roster this year or this past offseason, as they did the prior offseason when they had limited resources. But, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. It's what, you know, obviously they think in 1925 Giants drive, and that's fine. But, um, look, you, you got to be more judicious with what you get. And uh, I think that's a lesson to, to be learned moving forward for them. So we'll see how, how they go about it. But um, I think the other thing, you know, the other point is, you can't bring guys in with the intention of jamming square pegs into round holes. And I mentioned Eric Gray as being, you know, the, the ideal example here, the poster child, if you will. And, you know, Shane said, yeah, you know, I know we had Jamison Crowder and he looks good down in Washington. You can't force a guy into a role that he's not suited for. And by trying to do that with Eric Gray, the Giants, I think, hurt them selves with that um not to mention you know did they create confidence issues in the young man so just the whole building of that roster to me you know it just it wasn't really done as well as it should have been in my opinion now injuries notwithstanding you know nobody anticipated the injury bug would wipe out this team in, in areas on the offensive line or, the, you know, this spot or that spot. Um, but you've got to plan for that. And again, I know you can't fill every single spot. I get that. But what you're doing now is you're creating a vicious cycle where, okay, you've just filled um, your running back spot. 
But now, oh, because we couldn't devote resources to outside linebacker, we're going to have holes because guys are going to leave via free agency. Their contracts are coming up or whatever. You know, just it, it's always nonstop. There's always turnover, always something new. And, and you know, building a core and keeping that core has become so hard to do. And I just don't think, you know, this past year they did a good job with that. But we'll see. We'll see what Joe Shane does in year number three. But, uh, you know, they've been on the uh, on the job now, as he said, 22 months. The first few months, you give them a, a pass because they were getting everything organized. But you want to start to see progress. You know, look, if we're going to say that a draft class needs three years to show growth and progress, we're going to say the same thing for a front office regime. So next year is going to be a very big one for Joe Shane in terms of how he puts that roster together and if they finally can close the talent gap between Dallas and the Philadelphia Eagles, something that we thought maybe they had done with as far as Dallas had, was concerned. But as it turns out, they did not. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk offensive line because that's a hot topic, so don't go in anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and score big this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm Patricia Traina, P-Train, your host. And again, thank you for tuning in to the program. We're running down key takeaways from General Manager Joe Shane and what they potentially mean going forward. And I saved the best for last, at least what I consider to be the best for last, the offensive line. Now, every year, for as long as I can remember, people have been screaming, rightfully so, about the offensive line. And someone who I really respect in the business, who is a good football mind, told me that ideally, when it comes to an offensive line, you have three studs on your line and you can get by with three studs and the two guys, other the other two guys being, you know, graders or row graders or, or, you know, decent enough. Now, when you look at the current projected starting offensive line, the line that the Giants were supposed to start with. The only stud they really had was left tackle Andrew Thomas, who got hurt. Evan Neal, he really didn't develop the way they maybe hoped he would. And then, of course, he dealt with injuries. Then you look at um, center. John Michael Schmitz has played well as a rookie, did miss three games with a shoulder injury. He has potential to be a stud. The guards... I don't know what they're doing at guards. I mean, you know, some be, everybody wanted Justin Pugh to come back and he came back and he's a great locker room presence, but I don't think he's the future folks. I don't know that he'll be back next year. I don't think Mark Lewinsky will be back next year. Ben Bredesen, I believe is a free agent. I think he could potentially be back given that he offers depth at the garden center, but you know, Marcus McKethan didn't work out. They tried him at right guard, and he ultimately got benched. Um, the, Joshua Azudu was inconsistent. So, you know, Shane Lemieux, he, uh, 
on injured reserve again, he's not coming back. Tyree Phillips, you know, as a backup swing tackle, um, decent, but, you know, they could probably upgrade that spot. And that man, and then Matthew Parrott, who I think they move on from. So the offensive line depth, just from top to bottom, not really good. I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know. The offensive line depth is just not very good. They don't have three studs. You can make a case that they maybe have the two if Schmitz continues to develop. You know, I, I just feel like they they took gambles and it didn't it didn't help them that they were playing, you know, musical chairs in the summertime with the positionless offensive line. I understand what they were trying to get at, but at the same time, when you have young guys and you're moving them around like crazy, they don't really get a chance to settle in and develop continuity with each other and, and a comfort level at a position. So I just feel like the entire way that they handled the offensive line this past year, not good. And I'll get into that more uh, in my airing of grievances show, but um, Shane quoted a few stats. He said they've had nine different starting O-line combinations, second most in 15 years, 21 different combinations total, fourth most in 15 years. That's injuries and that's coaching and player development. Plain and simple. Now, one of the guys um, that he was asked about was Evan Neal. And he talked about um, Evan Neal is still an offensive tackle. You know, somebody, the question was, is Evan Neal maybe going to be moved inside the guard next year? And Shane indicated that they still like him at tackle. Why? We don't know. Well, he was asked, you know, why do you still like him at tackle? And he goes, oh, I went back and I looked at his Alabama tape. And again, you know, I mentioned this with the Daniel Jones um, segment. He went back and he looked at past stuff. And, you know, past tape is, is a decent indicator of what you might be getting. You know, and, and Neil, of course, at Alabama played higher level competition. But it's not the be all end all, nor should you hang your hat on it. because things change. The competition takes a step up. And as good of a program as Alabama is, does Alabama have every single player that hits their roster make the NFL? Mm -mm. So it comes down to the individual, his skill sets, and what he's a good fit for. And I don't know, maybe the plan down the line is, you know, maybe Shane's just saying that now again, because Neil is hurt and he's trying to get back. And he doesn't want to, you know, dent the kid's confidence. That could be it. But maybe the plan down the line is, oh, all right, maybe we look to move him in the spring next uh, next year and see how he does. Get him that versatility. Maybe we plug in a veteran at right tackle. Or we draft a kid at right tackle to replace him. Whatever the case might be, I think, you know, the Giants and, and, and Joe Shane and, and talking to the media t on uh, Monday, we're talking about the present. As far as like the long-term future, I'm not so sure that they they have answers. I think they're going to take it as it comes. So that's the offensive line. And then real quick, Shane expressed hope that he will be able to get something done with Saquon Barkley. So um, we'll see if that happens, if Saquon and the Giants can come to a long-term deal. I think they have a better chance of that actually this year happening than you know they did last year. Last year, I, I 
got to admit, I had my doubts when nothing was getting done early on. So we'll see how that happens. And as far as the other free agents that are pending, Shane didn't want to get into that, but uh, we'll, we'll cover that as we get to, you know, when we get to the end of the season, I'll do a whole show on that, who stays, who goes and whatnot. I have some thoughts on that. So that's pretty much it, folks. That is uh, all the takeaways from the Joe Shane presser, the stuff that I found to be really, you know, worth talking about. Um, let me know what you think about what Shane had to say. The press conference I know is on YouTube if you want to see it. I know the Giants posted it. Um, I'm curious to hear what some of you guys think about the topics and whatnot and where the Giants are potentially headed with this franchise. So thank you, as always, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with Emery Hunt and our draft show. So please don't miss it. Until then, have a great one.